0: Welcome to Will Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank,
1: Thank you, you, Wanda. Anna. Welcome to Will Ride for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. We're here to talk to you about wine and writing.
2: Yes, we're back from the Nora Roberts book signing. Nora was lovely and kind as always, despite <laughs> the fact that the hotel she was renovating burned down while we were driving down. I there. know.
1: No kidding. We didn't know because it actually happened while we were driving down. <laughs> so it's we, get oh. we get there right horrible
2: weather. Oh, white knuckling it for six hours. Seven, Seven, and, and, a
1: Seven <laughs> and a half. Seven and a half.
2: Sam was driving. She knows. Yeah. yeah.
1: So anyway, that was very sad, and we'll talk about that later in the program. But this week's show is all about rules, and Lonnie has a great workshop in store for you all.
2: Right. Literally dozens of people have traveled miles (laughs) and stayed in hotels to get this same workshop you're getting for free tonight in the comfort of your own homes or cars or you know wherever it is you listen to your mp3 players between you and your guy but uh, anyway how about that huh pretty cool yeah that's good <laughs>
1: talk about value really really but oh, first man. we have wine so lonnie what are you drinking tonight
2: <laughs> well I, I can't pronounce it <laughs> but it's a 2005 pbj Vignoir I no do you know how to pronounce that? <laughs> no. You've got it in front of you. Can you pronounce that? <laughs> no. Okay. Because it's French. This, it well it's not just French. I mean this is like acrobatic French. This yeah, I is think it's Vionier. Vionier. Yeah, Vionier uh, Oh
1: whatever. I, I have no idea what the first one is. P E B E J A I Pev right. I mean
2: that's just weird. I call it Pe- PBj, P-B-J. Like, You know that like works for the me. Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll have me some of that. Butter and jelly. Yeah, I'll have
1: me some of that PBJ wine.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who knows how to pronounce that, feel free to correct me. Yes. Um, anyway, the wine notes are flavors like apricot, peach, and tangerine burst from the glass. Ooh. It's fairly full-bodied with a soft mouth feel and some crisp touches on the finish. Hmm. Which that's a lot of words, and I don't really know what it means. But you know what? It's good. It's 13% alcohol, $15.99 from MyWinesDirect.com. Yay. (laughs) And as for my notes, you know, actually, I I tried another bottle of wine tonight. I started with another bottle. Mm -hmm. And I had this bitter aftertaste, so I decided not to drink it. I took this one, which I tried last weekend, and loved. Ah. Um, But I had the same bitter aftertaste, so I think (laughs) it's me. (laughs) from being sick it's I've from the NyQuil. And on NyQuil it's probably a I, I would bet it's from the NyQuil yeah. anyway so it doesn't mix well with NyQuil but <laughs> aside from that it's very yummy <laughs> it's a great bottle of wine I would highly recommend it I really would mm-hmm. it's fruity and fun and just the perfect balance of sweet and dry and I really really love it so I'm giving it a will Right for wine rating of 4.5 glasses
1: oh that's good mm-hmm. just don't mix it with NyQuil
2: don't mix it. I don't, yeah. I don't think wine and NyQuil. I mean, I don't have any NyQuil in my system at the moment. I think. But I was taking it this week. I think. So I think, think there's some kind of residue. Yeah. I think NyQuil, NyQuil puts
1: all your taste buds to sleep.
2: I think it, know, does, it does. I think. Because I loved this wine last week. And mm-hmm. actually, it's still good now. Mm-hmm. But the other wine that I tried and I thought, ugh. You know, I think it maybe wasn't that wine's oh. fault. I'll <laughs> try that one next week and be sure. <laughs>
1: All right, well, tonight, right, so what are you drinking? Mm-hmm. I am having one of my bottles from mywinesdirect.com. Yay! Yeah, it is a 2004 Finca mm-hmm. El Retiro. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a Malbec, which is uh-huh. M A L B E C, from mm-hmm. Mendoza, Argentina. And I don't know if I've had, I think I've had Argentinian wine before here. I don't know. I but, think we did. I think yeah. we both had Argentinian yeah.
2: wine. Yeah. Because then we went to figure out how to say it was Argentinian. Uh, or... Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should be Argentina. <laughs>
2: Is it Argentine, Argentinian? I swear I remember us having a conversation about that, but I don't know. I'm hopped up on NyQuil. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: but, uh, you know, at least these guys have a website. Yay. Yes. Unfortunately, it appears to be in Spanish.
2: So <laughs> that doesn't help us at all. It doesn't. You can go to Babelfish, but then you got to go to a whole other website. Oh yeah. Like yeah. It.
1: Yeah. Um, so I went the easy route from mywinesdirect.com. It's a yay. full-bodied with it's full-bodied with lots mm-hmm. of dark fruit aromas such mm. as blackberry and black cherry, counterbalanced with spicy touches of mint and roast coffee. Mm-hmm. So it's like a breakfast wine. I'm thinking. Mint. Yeah. Mm-hmm
2: and roast coffee mm-hmm. hmm. yeah yeah. like having coffee after you brush your teeth is sort of like that
1: maybe or maybe <laughs> it's like brushing your teeth and then having coffee I don't know yeah. but anyway it's 13.5% alcohol and it's mm-hmm. $15 a bottle Mm-hmm. and my notes are it is the best malbec i have ever tried cuz i've oh, tried yay! these before yes mm-hmm. and and malbecs are very strong they're very inky there's mm-hmm. kind of like a cabernet right. so if you like really strong wines this might not be the wine for you but i have to tell you this particular one mm-hmm. It's very smooth and very good, and I give it a 4.5 easy glasses.
2: Ooh, very cool. Very close to a 5. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: so I really like it. Okay. Good. Well, now we've taken care of that. Let's move on to this week, this week on in the forums. I <laughs> just love we, doing that. We have sure. got to get sound effects. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> Alright, well this week on the forums, the hot topics were a little ray of sunshine, nonlinear writing, Sam's fire pajamas, mm-hmm. Buffy, the book signing, and you know you are a whiffer when. I
1: love that thread.
2: I do. You know you're a whiffer when. I mean, you guys keep coming up with this stuff, and every time you do, I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. It is
1: so funny.
2: Whenever you hear someone say awesome, you have yeah. the drink.
1: <laughs> I love They were they were wonderful, and if you haven't visited the forums yet, go just for that one thread because (laughs) me and Lonnie have been cracking up all over the place for like a week now. Every time somebody adds something, it's too funny. I know. So and we are up to ninety-seven members. I know. Yeah, closing in on the one hundred mark. Oh, I know. Yeah, which is Mm -hmm. the point at which we lose control of the forums. Which also means that we need to get a little more organized. So we Mm -hmm. have just tapped two fabulous moderators to keep you guys in line. (laughs) Pimp Your Mixer, Pam, and Jennifer in Michigan. Thank you, ladies.
2: Yes. Well, this show is about all the rules. Mm. We've posted rules on the forums for keeping it a safe, happy place for whiffers to gather. So yay, Pam and Jen. We're so glad to have you with us. Yes. And on that note, let's refill. We'll be back in a minute.
0: (laughs) We here at Will Wright for Wine feel it's important to say that while we totally recommend drinking while podcasting, we do not recommend drinking while driving or drinking while emailing, uh, trust us on that one, or underage drinking or drinking too much or, for that matter, drinking too little. Drink just the right amount like we do, and you'll be happy like us. So just use common sense, and if you do something really stupid while drinking, like, for instance, calling your old boss and telling her she's an idiotic blowhard who couldn't do your job even if she had half a brain, then we just want to make it clear between all parties that it's really not our fault.
2: Welcome back. This is Lonnie Diane Rich
0: and Samantha Graves.
2: And this is We'll Write for Why! Yay! Yay. <laughs> it's time for this week's listener question, which comes from Karen. Mm-hmm. The question is, how many of your characters have you met in real life? Which ones? Which character most resembles you and why?
1: Oh, you know what? This is actually a really fun question. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met uh, one of my characters in real life. I based a secondary character on my grandmother, who I love, and she was perfect for that, for that character, for that role. Plus, mm-hmm. I kind of made her immortal for me Mm -hmm. because she won't be around forever you know Mm -hmm. so and i also did my cat oliver (laughs) oh yes that's right oliver (laughs) Uh, he's in unleashed playing himself um other than that uh i don't really pick out like specific people and make them into characters or Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. although i did kill off a bad landlord once but we won't go into that (laughs) that's always fun (laughs) Now, as for which character resembles me the most, you know, that one is harder. All Mm -hmm. my characters have pieces of me. Mm -hmm. Basically, we humans have the full range of emotions and problems and talents and experiences. So as writers, we just draw off of those parts. Mm -hmm. Now, we may take one of those to an extreme for a character, you know, Mm -hmm. or have one character not be in touch with a specific emotion or whatever. I kind of see it more of, as a sliding scale, uh-huh. you know, where right. you just kind of mm-hmm. take all the emotions and mix them up and, you know, play with them until you actually get a character. Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, my good guys always have that core of justice and loyalty. My bad mm-hmm. guys may also have those qualities, but their sense of justice is radically skewed, which makes right. their action unjust. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but. No,
2: it does. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, Well, I think that's cool. I think there are a lot of bits and pieces of real people in my characters, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever, you know, met them in real life or plucked somebody out of real life and put them in a book, you know, kind of wholesale.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: as for the one that most resembles me, it's kind of the same thing. I think there are, are there's a little bit of me in all of my main characters, you know, obviously. Right. If I had to pick the one that's closest to me, I'd say Portia from *X* and the Single Girl because she and mm-hmm. I both share a deep and abiding love of Colin Firth and Pride <laughs> and Prejudice. Awesome question. Drink. Drink. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. <laughs> to get your question answered on the show, email us at feedback at And now for this week's We Recommend segment.
1: Right. This is where we recommend our favorite things, TV shows, movies, websites, whatever, and share them with you. So, Lonnie, what do you have this week?
2: Well, this week, I recommend Lost. Mm. <laughs> Thursday nights on NBC. On, and no, not A- NBC. ABC. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the night cool talking. will talk. Anyway. <laughs> The NyQuil I took yesterday. But still, I'm blaming it for everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Global warming. It's the NyQuil! I, <laughs> apologies to NyQuil. Probably. <laughs> oh, okay, anyway. She, I don't know if it's the drought of snark. new material from the writer's strike or what, but I am totally into loss this season. Um, it's rare that a TV show can really surprise me, but this one does every time. Um, and it used to be all about Jack and Kate getting together, and I mm-hmm. know this means nothing to you because you don't watch television, but no. the first know what I'm talking about. was <laughs> all about Jack and Kate. And now now I am completely into Sawyer. I don't even care that much about Kate. I'm just into Sawyer. <laughs> you have to watch it. You would love Sawyer. <laughs> He's a bad boy. He's actually inspiring a character in my next book, and oh. I can't wait to get all the DVDs of all the seasons together so i have a big Sawyer fest and have it be tax deductible. <laughs> See, there are some things that are great about this job, and that is one of them.
1: <laughs> you know, I think that anything we talk about on the recommends segment should right. be tax deductible
2: i do too yeah
1: so I do too. All, all you accountants totally out there like, let us know right. if we can do that
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right And <laughs> the irs don't listen yeah
1: la 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 okay <laughs> my recommendation is sonic america's <gasps> drive-in i
2: love sonic i, miss I love sonic. i know well you know it's I so funny in arizona Oh, they do. Used to live, yeah. Oh oh my gosh, fish is insane for Sonic.
1: I love Sonic. (laughs) Now you know everybody was talking about Steak and Shake last time, right? So Mm -hmm. I wanted to add Sonic in there because I think that they are—they just totally rock. They are. Yeah, and but the only place they have these is in the South and the West, which is a crime
2: i know really
1: we found sonic on a family trip to virginia Mm -hmm. and we absolutely fell in love with it Mm because what you do is you park your car in a space and it has a menu board and a speaker Mm -hmm. and you tell them your order Mm -hmm. And then somebody brings it out to your car and, you know, all that is fun. But honestly, it's the food. Oh, The best burgers I've ever had, the best slushies Mm -hmm. the kids have ever had. And it's really inexpensive. You just can't beat it. Mm -hmm. So my only gripe is that I have to drive to Pennsylvania to find one. And you know how I feel about (laughs) Pennsylvania right now. (laughs) Not real happy with Pennsylvania right now.
2: <laughs> I know they're fabulous. I saw them in Ohio the last time I was in Ohio. <laughs> I came home. Fish was like, "Okay, we're moving to Ohio." <laughs> <laughs> well, literally and it's, for Sonic, he yeah, would do it too.
1: <laughs> and what I don't get is they actually show the Sonic commercials here. Like I know, on our stations, they and, buy,
2: yeah, yeah. They and, buy the national cable spots, that uh, run everywhere.
1: Well, so. and every time the commercial comes on, it's like a family chorus. Sonic, oh, you know, we oh, all say it together. I know. Together. I know so. so
2: for all you whiffers who have Sonics, go have a Sonic burger for us. I know. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> all right, that wraps up this blog. We're gonna go pout. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: A sexy international art thief with a license to steal, and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge, and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you.
2: I'm Diane Rich,
1: and I'm Samantha Graves, and this is Will Right for Wine. Yeah, and we had a two week we had two weeks off, so you know we did. We come mm-hmm. in here, we're all kind of gung ho. Well, I am. You're you're still you still have the Nyquil hangover. <laughs> I'm still working <laughs> off the Nyquil
2: hangover, which lasts way longer than the wine hangovers, by the way. Yes, yes. Which I have those often.
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight's show is all about the rules.
2: Right. And so uh, we're going to start with a workshop that I've actually done mm-hmm. quite a few times. And so now I'm doing the workshop for you, which will be fun. And uh, Sam will be our color commentary. Right. So anytime <laughs> I say anything stupid, you just point it out okay? red,
1: blue, <laughs> yellow.
2: <laughs> red, blue, yellow, what?
1: Color, color commentary. Oh!
2: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the neck lying over sorry <laughs> everybody else got it they're like what's the matter with you <laughs> oh god well anyway um the more i write the more i discover that everything is about balance you know there are no nevers in writing there's no always it's sometimes yes sometimes no mm-hmm. so for some rules it's most of the time yes for others most of the time no um but uh, i think that's why some of us you know really love the rules because good god you just want something to put your back up against you know hmm so you get books, you find answers, then you use them, then it works for one book, but it doesn't work for the next one. Oh, I love that. Know? Yeah, I love when I that know. happens. I Isn't that yeah. great? If yeah, something oh, yeah. works for you in one, and mm-hmm. then it totally betrays you in the other, and you know? Just, I just <laughs> love writing! <laughs> okay. I think that's why some of us like also not having rules, um, mm. you know, because it's so constricting, and sometimes they don't even work anyway, so why bother? Mm. You know? Well, basically, like I said, it's a balancing act. And if you ignore the rules, they will bite you. <laughs> kind of like my cat (laughs) and if you're a big rules doormat then you lose the spark in your writing that makes you you because you're just you know (laughs) just bending over for the rules and I'm like wait that's not right that sounds bad (laughs) there's no way to not make that sound bad so we'll move on sorry Nike will hang over anyway the point today is to develop some basic tools so that we can um, stare the rules in the face and show them you know who's boss around here right right so we'll start by talking about the purpose of the rules like what is the purpose of the rules oh no
1: that's my line Solani oh, sorry so what is the purpose of the rules
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked they do serve a purpose <laughs> and as such they need to be respected um, the thing is you have to decide where to draw the line where that place is where the rules stop serving you and you start serving them hmm. you know right? Uh, the rules exist for one thing and one thing only It's to keep you from kicking your reader out of the story. Ah. And I think that that is the most important thing to keep in mind when you're talking about rules, is Mm -hmm. that as long as the rule serves to keep you from kicking your reader out of the story, and there are a lot of things you'll find that will kick a reader out of the story. We're going to talk about that a little later. Mm. Um, Then the rule is serving you if it doesn't do that if it doesn't keep it make it easier for the reader to to you know kind of involve themselves in your world then it's not serving you and there's no point in paying any attention to it so right um when you write your book basically the way that i've always kind of described that is that you got to think about your um your story is in the center of this like deserted island Mm. you know and it's this glorious garden of eden in the center but around it is all these you know bushes and you know, overgrowth and you have to basically hack your way through <laughs> to get to the center, which is the goddess story. Ah, sorry. That's a very dramatic
1: way of expressing <laughs> it, but you know,
2: whatever I do what I can do. You know what I'm saying? So when you first start writing your book, mm-hmm. you know, the first don't look down draft where you're just getting it all out on paper and you're not thinking about anything this time is all about you right you know this story (laughs) is for you you are on the path you're examining it you're checking out all the things that you think are beautiful or touching or funny or whatever Uh, the rough draft is all about you it's all about that narcissism and that's okay because it's for you it's Mm -hmm. your story that's the whole reason why you're writing because it's the story that only you can tell so it is about you and it's okay for it to be about you but after you've beaten that path, you need to make it accessible for the people that you want to share it with.
1: Mm. I mean that makes
2: sense, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Except okay. except for me, I'm actually yeah. planning where the path's gonna go, and <laughs> yeah, <you've> got- <laughs> mowing it. It's mowed, and I've right. got the machete and got out. And got little wildflowers
2: running up and down the side. You know, and I'm
1: throwing down mulch. You know. Okay, <laughs> so go ahead.
2: Okay. <laughs> me, I'm just out there with the machete winging it. <laughs> I'm just hacking my way in, trying to get to that beautiful garden of Eden in the center, which is my story. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, the rules are your mulch and your machete, and they're the the tools for making that path accessible, not just for you, but for other people. So that's it. Okay. When you rewrite the book, the rules help you pave that path for your reader. As long as the reader can make it to the the little garden in the center, to Mm -hmm. your goddess, then the rules don't matter. You've done your job. Uh, the rules come in handy when you haven't been able to make that path accessible to your reader. When the, you know, palm fronds are whacking them in the face and they just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to them. There's beautiful story in the middle, but all the palm fronds, we'll call them adverbs, are hitting them in the face. <laughs> making them not want to, head hopping, bah, hitting them in the face. Making it impossible for them to get to your, you know, to the story, to the garden. So. Mm-hmm. Now, basically, rules belong in one of two categories, those that serve story, or the rules of craft, and those that serve publishing and marketing, or the rules of genre. So let's go ahead and pick some rules and decide where they belong. So, Sam, go ahead. Let's start. Give me some rules.
1: Okay. Uh, The hero and heroine have to meet in the first ten pages.
2: All right. So is that genre or craft? That's genre. Uh, That's definitely genre. Yeah. Yeah. Especially (laughs)
1: romance. Romance genre. No yeah.
2: kidding. That's yeah. a specifically, a lot of these are specifically romance genre, but you'll find uh-huh. these kind of, I'm familiar with the, with the genre rules for romance, but I'm sure for sci-fi, mystery, there's mm-hmm. a whole, there's, they're, they're there for everything, so.
1: Okay. Now, right, no head else? hopping. Oh, uh, that's craft. <laughs> well, but you can argue that that's genre, too, because in genres outside of romance, they don't care. Yeah. They head hop all the time. So it really is, I think, really? particular. Yeah. now I think. Because yeah. I, I
2: think head-hopping, because, okay, head-hopping, for those of you who don't know, because I know that we sometimes talk about things and we don't really explain what they mean. <laughs> the head-hopping is when um, you're in a particular character's point of view. Mm-hmm. And then without changing the scene, without changing anything, all of a sudden you're in another mm-hmm. character's head. So I, it'll be, you know, I mean, I've read
1: a lot of science fiction. They do it all the time.
2: There are a lot of books that are written by this, but I will argue mm-hmm. that this is a craft
1: rule. But I don't know, because... Uh, in some genres, they don't really care. It's not I like mean, a big deal, you know. As I long think, as you can do it well, I guess.
2: Uh, yeah. I yeah. can't read a book that head hops. It doesn't matter how well it's written. Re- but it, that's, that's the you. Thing. It, it doesn't bother me. You lose a reader. Yeah, but, but a lot, but lot of people, it does. I think it makes it harder. I think some readers can read it anyway, but it makes it harder for the reader to get through your story. And that's exactly what the rules of craft are all about—to make it easier for your reader to enjoy well, the story. Well, yeah,
1: but I have time. I have a hard time an impossible time reading a book that's in third person and one person's point of view, the whole book. Oh yeah. I hate that. You know, I have so. a hard
2: time with that too, because I think that if you've, if you've done a third person, I just read yeah. a book like this where it's all in third person, mm-hmm. but it's all one point of view. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, if you're only going to have one point of view, it should be in first person because it feels more intimate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know right. if that's right I know. though. I know. But that's a, that's a different discussion. All okay. I, you know, I would argue that the head hopping is, is craft because that's how you tell the difference between genre and craft, is that mm. craft makes it easier for the reader to enjoy the story. Now, some people can handle head-hopping, but you're going to lose a lot of your readers along the way mm. if you head-hop, I think. So okay. I would argue that that's a craft thing. Still okay, so... it's genre. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Drink>. <laughs> that's all right. We can respectfully disagree. <laughs> Shut up. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So what's next?
1: The next one is you must have a likable hero and or heroine. Oh, God. <laughs> I love
2: <laughs> yeah not likable enough yeah have her save some puppies that's genre oh uh,
1: yeah uh, i have never agree? i have never had anybody say that to me thank god but oh what, but i don't hear
2: not like yeah
1: yeah oh god
2: i've had it oh but, really you know, because mine are so cranky oh they that's true i mean wanda and time Off forget behavior <laughs> actually that was the only book i had was wanda and time of forget behavior it was like oh she's not likable and i'm like you know mm-hmm. she's supposed to be likable but she's vulnerable yeah and I think that makes her sympathetic. I think right. there's everything likable and sympathetic. Yes. Likable is somebody you want to have lunch with. I don't necessarily want to have lunch with all the people that I write about, but I'm always interested <laughs> in them, and yeah. you know, and I and I sympathize with them.
1: Right. You, you know, can understand so. them as long as you right. can understand them. Then, think, then yeah. you're golden. Yeah. And
2: I think that's okay. directly linked to your your mm-hmm. main character's vulnerability.
1: But I would you know? I would argue that that could be craft too, because if you can't craft a, a, a hero or heroine character mm-hmm. that people can that people can uh, resonate with and understand, right. then right. you got a problem. So I would argue that might be craft. Semantics. I yeah. think
2: it's semantics. I think a likable hero or heroine mm-hmm. is genre. Right. Is a genre rule. And I think that a sympathetic hero or heroine mm-hmm. is a craft rule. Right, right. Okay That's what I think. Okay. That's the next
1: one thinking. is mm-hmm. uh, must have conflict. Oh craft craft and right. genre because i don't think there's any book out there that i would be interested in reading if if there was no conflict and no journey if there was well, no see, goal that's, that's motivation I, and conflict i would uh-huh. say yeah no
2: but i don't think it's a genre rule because it's not a um because i've read books that have no conflict and they they sell <laughs> you know <laughs> like i've read actually sold books that have very very little conflict oh, God. and so i don't think that's a genre rule i mean that's a craft rule that's what mm-hmm. makes it easier for your reader to get into it but uh, uh, but for marketing purposes yeah You know, which is where genre comes in. For marketing purposes and selling a book, I mean, you can sell a book that has no conflict. It's just Mm -hmm. not going to be as interesting. Right, right. You know,
1: yeah. Um, The next one is uh, no first person stories. Yep. Definitely genre. Yep. (laughs) Definitely genre. Totally genre, especially that's romance, and it was very hard change. Yeah. to sell mm-hmm. first-person stories for a long time in romance. So
2: right, and then all of a sudden, you know, the chiclet genre kind of boomed, mm-hmm. and everybody was into first-person stories. And so I think you can definitely you yeah. can do it, but it's oh, one yeah. of those things, you know, you can kind of tell between craft and genres that it, like little specific things, like mm. you know, they have to meet in the first ten pages, no first person, no, you right. know, like all that kind of stuff. Those are the things you should be wary about mm. because anything that specific that does not travel well from across genres right you know is is the kind of rule that belongs to that particular genre and may be full of crap anyway mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they would say you know they'd say things like there were no vampires for the longest time like, oh, oh yeah vampires then vampires explode and everybody loves oh, yeah. vampires mm-hmm. so it's the kind of thing that two weeks from now somebody could completely turn around on like you right. know i mean no you know ha- conflict is the kind of thing that you always have to have in order to make your your stories right. interesting you know right um nobody's but genre, around a week and say no conflict yeah you
1: know? genre mm-hmm. rules come and go they're very they cyclical do. They're, they're like fads they're, yeah yeah they are they're like fads yep you yep know, they're like stirrup me. pants mm-hmm. you know so okay <laughs> oh dear god
2: <laughs> no first person stories is the stirrup pants of genre rules all right so what else do we have
1: all right don't use a passive voice
2: right okay that yes. would be craft <laughs>
1: Right. Yep. Passive
2: voice is like, you know, I was standing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of th- things like that, that, yeah. are, that are not active. You right, know? right. Um, okay, what's, what else do we have?
1: Uh, you must y- give your characters equal time.
2: All right, again, a nice specific little thing. Mm-hmm. If you have to count pages, Yeah. <laughs> you know, then it's probably a genre thing.
1: Right, right, because it's always one character's story over the other. You're, you're, you're always going to have a little... Leeway there. So
2: Right. I right. love and if you're uh, thinking, you know, I gave her five pages, I have to give him five mm-hmm. pages. If you're thinking about something like that, that's not about story. That's yeah. about genre. And it really right. doesn't matter. Nobody's gonna care. If your story's good, mm-hmm. nobody cares about any of these genre rules. Right, right. You know. Mm-hmm. I
1: love the next one. Heroes can't have facial hair, <laughs> can't smoke, and can't be redheaded. <laughs> I've
2: violated two out of three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I I've done that. I'm no, not... I've I violated uh one, I think. What? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is what? Was somebody redheaded?
1: No, facial hair.
2: Oh, facial hair! You violated yeah. facial hair. Yeah, I haven't violated facial hair. I've got oh, really? um, redheaded mm. and smokers. Ah, because Finn smoked in the comeback cast. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. But, and uh, and he yeah. was also redheaded.
2: He was also redhead. It was Finn. I know, Finn knew, violated yeah. all of them.
1: All of them. Okay.
2: <laughs> it's just like a Viking in a new village. Right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> what else do we have? That's but, a genre rule, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Anything again, those little specific things that mm. just, you know, yeah.
1: Because you yeah. never know, next year, redheads might be the big thing. Right. So Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
2: I got so many letters by people who were all excited that Finn was a redhead. Oh, cool. They're like, I can't ever read about redheads. Nobody Nobody gave me a hard time about him smoky, but nobody's like, oh, yay, a smoking hero. <laughs> <laughs> he was damaged. Yeah. Okay. So
1: anyway, what's let next? let see. The next one is no info dump.
2: All right. Mm-hmm. And that would be and- craft. Info dump for people, you know, is, is like those, those paragraphs and paragraphs of backstory. Mm-hmm. You go in and you start reading and it's all about, well, she remembered at the time that she was seven years old and her father refused oh. to buy her a pony. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, Anything that's, that's nah. not in the moment of the story. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing, sometimes this can be confusing for people. We should do a whole show on info dump because seriously, will. it's
1: so complicated. That's a good one.
2: <laughs> but it can be really confusing for people because uh, sometimes somebody will have a thought, you know, and they'll, they'll think about, you know, briefly. She remembers. Right time she didn't get the pony or whatever. And it actually fits in the moment of the story because yes. it's something she could be thinking.
1: Well, and the thing is, the thing about an info dump is that you don't want pages and pages of them thinking about it. If you, sh- if you oh, inject... One sentence, one really well written sentence, it can tell the reader so much. One well well written sentence at the right time. Right. In the right place. In a quick
2: moment where it matters. Yes. Where it's, you know, pertinent. Relevant going on in the moment. Exactly. But um but I mean it's like the the paragraphs like you know, this is what I hate, is that you've got like, you know, a little bit of action. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got the dialogue and action and everything. Then you stop for three paragraphs to remember the pony. And they're getting shot
1: at. You and know, they're getting
2: shot at and they stop to think about, about, about the, the fact that yeah. their blue jeans got ripped and they were the favorite blue jeans that they got on their 16th birthday from mm. blah, blah, blah. You mm-hmm. know, it is amazing. Like InfoDump, we, we could do a whole show on it.
1: Yeah, Dump. and we will. Right. <laughs> we
2: will. So, <laughs> all right, what's next? The next so That's one is, craft.
1: That's yeah. craft, yes. The next one is Show Don't Tell, which is uh, also yeah. craft.
2: Yes, and very related to InfoDump. InfoDump mm-hmm. is a lot of telling rather yes. than showing through action and dialogue what they're doing. So that's craft. What's, what's next?
1: Next is uh, the first man your heroine meets must be the hero.
2: Okay. That's again. genre. That's, that's yeah. a genre rule. That's mm-hmm. definitely a genre rule. Okay, right. what else do we have?
1: No adverbs.
2: <laughs> no adverbs. Okay. Adverbs, again, you know, for those everybody knows it's the L-Y words, mm-hmm. you know, like she said happily or whatever. Um, and the thing with adverbs is that sometimes, for me, adverbs speak to voice. Mm. Because sometimes when you've got a character, especially first person, and the way people speak, you know, people use adverbs in, right. in the regular speech. I think the one place where you really don't want to use adverbs is in dialogue attribution. Yeah. <laughs> she said happily. She said angrily. He said, mm-hmm. you know, nastily or whatever. Right. Like, those are the kinds of places where it just really gets clunky. And then your reader, after a while, just gets really tired of it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weak writing. So that's a craft rule. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, No exotic locales or time periods. Now, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. definitely is genre because romance goes from one extreme to the other on this. Oh, Mm -hmm. you can't sell World War II stories. You can't sell this. Mm -hmm. You can't sell that. So, yeah. And the next thing you know, everybody wants those. Right. 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 And again, it's the specifics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next one is must have a happy ending or can't have a happy ending. (laughs) Right.
2: And that again is a genre thing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is use structure, mm-hmm. which would be craft. Which is we so want good that's structure. Basic.
2: That's been since Aristotle. Yes, you know, since Plato. Whoever, whoever yes. wrote all. Yes, you this want stuff to use right. the classic right. hero's
1: journey. So, mm-hmm. yes. uh, the next one is the hero can't sleep with anybody but the heroine. Uh huh. And that also is very genre specific. Right. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the last one is start with a bang right and mm-hmm. that's an
2: example of a craft yes because you always want to start with something that is interesting and grabbing and it's going to bring your reader right into the story mm-hmm. you know you don't want to start with info dump you want to start with like yeah. you know all the backstory that nobody cares about mm-hmm. so so those are all really good examples of your genre um, rules versus your craft rules um, we treat these differently because they come from different places and I'm going to tell you right now ignore the rules of genre mm. I don't care what people are telling you about no first person. You'll never sell a World War II doctor, Mm -hmm. you know, medic story or whatever. If your story is well told, you'll sell it. You'll find a place for it. But, you know, and I know it's a security blanket. Like, you know, how am I going to get published if I ignore the rules of genre? You know, I pay all this money, come to these workshops, I go to these conferences, I do the contests, and I learn from people who tell me that these are the rules. And how am I supposed to get published without them? Okay. Mm. And I know, I know, I feel for you. I really, really do. Um, all you want is an answer. And I'm here to tell you that those answers don't matter. Mm. You know, but I need for you to understand that writing is not about getting published. You know, I'm not here to help you get published. You know, I'm here to help you tell the best story that you can. It's about telling, writing is about telling the one story that only you can tell. Right. You know, which in my opinion, honestly, is the best way to get published. And you know. If your story is really well told, you'll find a place for it. Yeah.
1: And that's what publishers want. They don't mm-hmm. want the same things over and over again. Yeah. And, um, and anytime you, what we call is out, writing outside of the box.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: but if that's the story that you have to tell, that's the story you should be writing.
2: Absolutely. Because that's yeah. the only thing. Like, you can, you know, you can go in and you can see that, you know, vampire romances are hot. and So mm-hmm. you write a vampire romance because that's what's doing re- really well in the market. And then you right. sell it and then vampires have died off. Mm-hmm you know um, and and that's kind of what happens by the time something's hot in a market then right. it's too late to sell it because it's going to be dead by the time your book mm-hmm. comes out a year or two years down the line or whatever Well, um, I told
1: you the story about I was told when I first started mm-hmm. writing that I would never sell a futuristic no matter how good it was right. mm-hmm. and then I went on to sell five of them Right, right.
2: but if, exactly, I the person, yeah, mm-hmm. if I had listened to that one person if
1: I had listened to that one person those stories would never have been written
2: Right. You so. know, and a lot of editors were say, oh, you know, we're looking for, you know, Scottish medievals right now. or We're looking for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's great that that's what they're looking for. But if it's not the story that you want to tell, you're not going to tell it better than everybody else. If right. it's the story that's right for you, like those futuristics were exactly what you wanted to tell. And you yes. told them great. You, they're yes. fabulous, fabulous
1: books. Thank you. And you I, loved, I loved writing them. I wrote yeah. them because that was what was in my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wrote those stories. I didn't yeah. write them. I knew that I was outside of the box. I knew I had a chance that they would never sell. But I mm-hmm. wanted to be a happy writer.
2: Right. If exactly. you want to be hap- a ha- Yeah. And those were the stories that you were born to tell. Yes. And that's what... I mean, if you're going to do this, do it the way that's right for you. Mm-hmm. Do it. You know, give... Bring to the table something that nobody else can bring. Right. You know, and that's by you telling the story that only you can tell. And mm-hmm. if that story involves cowboys or World War 2 stories or mm-hmm. whatever, tell that story. You know what? I'm not going to guarantee it's going to get you published. If your whole goal is to get published, then worrying about writing and craft may not be for you, you know? Mm. Um, but I mean, if if you're going to write, there are easier ways to make money. If you're going to write, write what you need to write write the stories that you can bring to the table that are just completely genuine to you yes um so you tell your story and if it's great you know you'll find your genre is it risky sure Mm -hmm. you know but rumor has it that only one percent of the people out there trying to get published actually do it so you're already out on a
1: limb (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. if you want a sure bet writing is not the place to be (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know so um
2: so no matter how closely you follow the rules of publishing there are no guarantees anyway the only thing you have that no one else has access to is you mm. and your story. And so if you're writing, you're writing because you were called to it. You know. Right. If you were called to it, you have to trust that there's a reason. You know, you get published by telling a great story. Right. You know? And uh, you know, I wrote my first book, Time Africa Behavior, without knowing jack about anything. <laughs> <laughs> rules of craft, rules of genre. Too. I didn't know anything. I thought Me chicken either. was gum. Right. <laughs> exactly. I had no idea. So I started out with, I had a, an unlikable heroine who was pissed off at the world. <laughs> She's very angry in time-offered <laughs> behavior. I love her, but she was really pissed. Um, she was a victim of domestic abuse, which mm. is not a huge seller. Right. From <laughs> what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking for, like, domestic abuse. Oh, funny stories of, you know, <laughs> spousal abuse. Um, she didn't like shoes. She didn't work in publishing in New York City. She didn't have a cat of a boss who she somehow couldn't avoid sleeping with anyway. She belted down scotch like it was water. <laughs> She's practically an alcoholic. And she didn't have any friends. She was Completely antisocial. <laughs> so if I'd followed the rules of genre, I never would have written that book. And you know what? Yeah. I love that book. I
1: know, me too. <laughs> I love that
2: book. Me I might too. not have gotten published if I hadn't written it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. And the reason, you know, when when I got my acceptance, when I got my agent, when I got my um, my first contract, uh-huh. the one thing that they kept saying was that they loved how fresh and different this book was.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I might add, you won the Rita for that I book. Did. I
2: did. I want to read it for that book.
1: Yeah. The first book I ever
2: wrote. And I had no idea what I was doing. That's right. So I don't know what that says for us, giving people (laughs) advice when the best book I ever wrote was when I had no idea. I don't know if it was my best book. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. But it's definitely, it's very green, Mm -hmm. but it was also extremely me. It was 100% who I am and a story that only I could tell. And I think that that's really what I like about it. Right. You know, craft-wise, I think I've definitely improved quite a bit since then. But one of the things, that's pure Lonnie, Top of Good Behavior. Yeah. Pure Lonnie.
1: Mm-hmm. Warts and all
2: <laughs> But, uh, yeah. you know, once the book was written and the story is solid, you know, you can adjust, you know, for genre then. You can adjust for what needs to be done. Because believe it or not, Wanda from Top of Good Behavior is actually even less likable to begin with. I softened her up. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, just write your story. Right. You know, I mean, that's the most important thing is that you write that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, okay, so we're n- throwing out genre rules. We're not going to worry about genre rules. They're all stupid. They have no point. Don't mm. it, listen to them. Ignore them. If anybody says anything really terribly specific to you, like the hero and heroine, if you meet the first 10 pages, just automatically throw it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we'll go to craft rules. Yeah. Craft rules are kind of complex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say that the best way to subdue your enemy is to understand your enemy. Yeah. Craft rules kind of like that. <laughs> you have to understand them in order to work with them. Mm. You know, sometimes rules of craft are your best friends. Like, um, no adverbs. Mm-hmm. I think it's generally a pretty solid one. Like, yeah. like not no adverbs. I mean, mm-hmm. not the adverb Nazis or anything. But, you know, I mean, no, you know, limiting your adverbs, taking a look at all your L-Y words. If I have an L-Y word in a book, I really try to justify it. Mm-hmm. You know, I really need to justify it. It either has to speak to voice Pretty much the only reason to use an adverb is because it speaks to voice. <laughs> it's just weak writing, you know. It is um, the overly flowery language. Oh my god, like those really
0: overwritten, mm.
2: you know, um, things. And you know what yeah. I'm talking about. I so know. uses like way too many words to express a very simple thing. I mean, yes. use the simplest language possible. I think it's a really, really good rule of craft. So these mm-hmm. are kind of like simple things that can be, you know, really good to you when you're trying to, you know, to get your um, mm-hmm. to get your book written well. Um, sometimes craft rules are just pain in the ass Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know the whole likable protagonist thing I'll go with the sympathetic protagonist right they definitely need to be vulnerable but you know what I mean like a little ray of sunshine I love EJ Mm -hmm. my main character in that book She's a little prickly. <laughs> she's, she's actually a little bit like Wanda. Maybe that's why I love her so much. She's a little antisocial, you know. She's kind of damaged, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but she's it was really really fun for me to write um, because she's sympathetic. She's extremely vulnerable at the same time, and I think right. that really you you access. The, the sympathy for your protagonist through their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And once you've got that, once you've got their vulnerability, what makes them human, what makes the reader kind of uh, connect with them, right. then I think that you can do a lot of things that are basically unlikable. <laughs> I don't know, it's just a thought. Like I, I haven't seen it, but Dexter, have you heard about that? The television show about the serial killer? No. He's a cop though.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, he's not a cop, he works for like the crime scene people, he's like a uh-huh. forensic guy. And so he only kills bad people. Uh-huh. So he's a serial killer, which is a bad thing, uh-huh. but he kills bad people. So uh-huh. it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, I haven't seen it, but I hear that people really like Dexter, and they can really get behind this character. Now, a murdering serial killer? I'm not sure I can get behind that. I haven't really tried. But, you know, I mean, that's one of those things where, like, you know, because there's that twist on it that makes him, you know, because he's killing people that, you know, really deserve to die, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, so craft rules can also, you know, be really complicated. And sometimes maybe you don't need them so much. Hmm. You know, maybe th- maybe they're not helpful to you, some of them. Hmm. Um, the one thing about craft rules is that you shouldn't obsess about them too hard. Um, when you're not writing, your job is to internalize the craft by writing a lot and reading a lot. Which I think actually reading a lot does you more good, I think, than, you know, getting a lot of books on craft and and studying and consciously thinking about it. Because
1: you and I, when we started this, we didn't have any books on craft. I'm pretty sure you had none. I know (laughs) I had none. I still don't read very Yeah, and anything Mm -hmm. I learned, I learned from reading books in the Mm -hmm. genre that I was interested in. And you kind
2: of internalize, especially if you read really good authors. You sort of internalize what they know. It becomes instinctual. It's part of your makeup as a writer. Mm -hmm. You sort of get a feel for what works and what doesn't. So, you know, you pick up each crafty little rule by its scruff and you examine it, Mm. you know, antagonists, Mm -hmm. you know, likable heroes, you know, that Mm. kind of thing. You look it in the eye, you decide how you feel about it, then you put it down and you move on to the next one. Mm. When you're writing, when you're really actively writing the book, you need to ignore these (laughs) (laughs) rules, Yes, which is really, really hard because you've been obsessing about them the rest of the time. But
1: if you don't, Mm -hmm. then you won't write. Exa- you'll be
2: completely constipated. Yes. Exactly, <laughs> which everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you'll have writer's block. <laughs> Ooh, constipated. Drink. Okay. <laughs> constipated and awesome. They're the two drinking words. Um, <laughs> you need to write your book the way that you want to write it you know get everything mm-hmm. on the page this is your rough draft this is your narcissistic moment this is your don't look down draft whatever you want to call it be messy be a toddler at the first day with the finger paints you know see what lands on the canvas and work with it then when you're done being a toddler you know after you finished your rough draft you sit back and you take a really good as objective as you can look at it which mm-hmm. is why it's a good idea to put it away for 6 weeks before you look at it again mm. if you see anything glaring you know, anything that you read and you're like, ooh, I can't believe I wrote that. That's bad. You know, then <laughs> <laughs> go back with your rules and touch it up. Oh, adverbs. Ah! You know, this ah. is the time to clear up the adverbs. Yeah. Um, then find a few people you trust. Again, like we're talking about beta readers. We've talked mm-hmm. about those before. You know, people that you trust, that you know, that understand your writing, that will come and tell you, you know, what's unclear and what's, you know, a problem for them as readers in the book. You get their opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are problems, you isolate them and you fix them. If you come across something that's not working and you don't know why or how you're going to fix it, that's when you go to your basket of rules. You hold them up against the work and you fix only what's broken. Right. You know, which brings me to the heart of what this whole rules workshop is about. The rules are important, but you shouldn't write to the rules. You write and then you use the rules to fix only what's broken. Mm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. The rules exist to help you the rules exist to serve you and your story to make it easy for your reader to get through that path the rules are the lawnmower you know they're the mulch (laughs) they make it easy for the reader to get through that path to get to the center of the island which is your beautiful garden your Mm. story your goddess um so this does not mean do whatever the hell you want don't worry about it (laughs) right this means that what you do must serve getting the reader to the goddess to the garden to the whatever metaphor you want to use pick a metaphor i don't Mm -hmm. care what it is but it it has to serve your reader getting to that and to see what it is that you saw that you want to tell the story for if the rules aren't getting you closer to your story then they're not serving your purpose Mm. um the hard thing and again we talked about this when we're talking about feedback and critiques is that you have to take your ego out of that process yes you know if five people are reading your story and four come back and say i'm not feeling your heroin then you take the rules you go in, you figure out what's wrong is she not vulnerable enough are her choices unmotivated does she use i don't know too many adverbs <laughs> perhaps
1: whatever strike her with lightning right, right. <laughs> no
2: adverbs no wire hangers <laughs> <laughs> okay whatever you go in and you fix it you know mm-hmm. Um, anything that kicks the reader out of your story gets you further away from the goddess. Mm. So you know, I you mean, know, it's looking- almost
1: like a game board. Really, mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. like playing a game. Right. Where you know you mm-hmm. move two f- steps forward, and then you yep. screw up, and then you have to go back. Right. It's like shoots mm-hmm. and ladders. You know. Okay. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, here's the thing. If it was a science, if it was all about rules, if it was remotely possible for anyone to apply these rules and instantly create a great book, then that's how people would be doing it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I'm a quote unquote success story. (laughs) I'm still looking at the rules and I have no idea.
1: Oh. What does that mean? Yeah. You know? Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, half this stuff, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. You know, I'm still figuring that out. But I do know one thing, that the only value I have to my readers is to give them the one thing that no one else can give them. Mm. I give them me. Messy, broken, unvarnished, crude, honest, and real. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: what I have.
2: That's what they get. (laughs) So do your readers the service of giving them what only you have. Give them you, as messy and imperfect as you were born to be. Because beauty lies in imperfection. Truth lies in imperfection. You know, if you want someone else to tell you how to do it, to give you guidance so you can avoid screwing up and looking stupid, you're in the wrong profession. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, right? And I am not your girl. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, that is very, very true. I I have, uh, Mm -hmm. I have, my ego has taken an absolute hit. In the last 10 years. Oh, seriously? And I screw up all the time now. It doesn't bother me at all. So I'm so used to it. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's so good for you, too. That's <laughs> the one thing. My girls, I'm raising them to, like, completely give up perfection. Yeah. You know, because you have to screw something up if you're going to do it right. The mm-hmm. biggest writing rule of all, the one thing you must obey at all times, is that you must become comfortable with screwing up. You
1: must plan to look stupid. Which which was one of the reasons I actually did this podcast. What? Right? <laughs> I
2: know. You were very nervous about that. I was.
1: You were I was very so worried about, about looking that. stupid. And here we listened to our podcast and the ride down. Right. Mm-hmm. And the ride mm-hmm. back. And we mm-hmm. listened to the fourth one we did.
2: Right. When we were still all a little tense.
1: Yeah. And then we listened to like the 36th one we did. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like night and day. I know. So somehow along the way, we both gave up. Well, I gave up. <laughs> I always look My stupid. My fear so of care. looking stupid. Right.
2: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think that that's where you get to the good stuff. You mm-hmm. know, once you relax and you, you let it go, you know, I mean, right. looking stupid should be part of your business plan. You know, file yeah. taxes, look like an idiot, buy sticky notes, et cetera, you know? <laughs> Because all of your beauty lies in the things that only you know. And your beauty is the one thing you have that no one else on this planet has. It's the only thing you have to offer your readers that no one else can give them. Mm -hmm. And you need to embrace the imperfection that is you. And let that screaming harpy out for a jog. (laughs) It's your vulnerability, (laughs) your imperfection that is going to speak to the reader. Because you know what? She's imperfect too. And she's going to love you for having the courage to show your imperfection off. Yes. So the rules just make it easier for her to love you. That's all. Yeah, that's all it does. Cool. So awesome,
1: awesome workshop. Drink, oh, drink. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna drink. Very, very good. Excellent workshop. You, uh, all right. So that was really good. I actually learned a couple things on that because I no had uh, well, I hadn't actually read all of your notes because it was like four pages long, <laughs> right, and, and I, I, have I gave it to you five minutes before we started. Right, and it's and for me it's like in 14 point font, so I can actually <laughs> read it. I'm like, I'm not reading this. So uh, it was very good. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I hope everybody out there enjoyed it, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. That wraps up another C block for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I need more wine. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's get that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll be right back. Emmy James is not the kind of girl who
2: attracts angels. In fact, since she sent her life into a nosedive six years ago, she's trying to attract as little as possible, attention, people, or responsibility. She lives alone in an Airstream trailer, going from job to job, wherever the wind takes her. And that works just fine. Until one day, two unexpected visitors show up at the New Jersey trailer park she currently calls home. One is a childhood friend with news. EJ's mother and his father are getting married, and they want EJ at the ceremony. The other is a sweet but odd woman named Jess, who says she's an angel specializing in cosmic relationship mending and blueberry pancakes. A Little Ray of Sunshine by Lonnie Diane Rich is a story about lost love, found angels, and the power of blueberry pancakes to fix almost anything, including the mother daughter relationship that no one thought could ever be mended. A Little Ray of Sunshine is available now wherever books are sold. Get your copy today.
1: Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves and I'm Lonnie Diane Rich and this is Will Write for Wine. Yay! Yeah. Want to win some great prizes? Uh-huh. Oh good, good. <laughs> Head on down to willwrightforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions or just general commentary on the show.
2: Yes, each month all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket at the end of the mm-hmm. month we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize and I've good cast job. my verbal surprise. Yes. <laughs>
1: For February, we have a Will Wheelwright for Wine baseball cap from Cafe Press Store. Our Cafe Press Store.
2: Ca- <laughs> okay, you're not passing. <laughs>
1: I know. And thanks to those of you who have been ordering so we can... Af- for the cool prizes. Mm -hmm. And we're also giving away a hand-knit wine cozy from Lonnie. Yes. Yes, and I'm actually using mine right now. I
2: know. I use mine every week. I love it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. All you have to do to enter is send us an email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on the website or participate in the forums or post a question in the new question section of the forums. There's a thousand ways to win.
1: (laughs) We will announce the winner on our first March show, which right. is next week. So mm-hmm. send in your comments and suggestions now. Right. Mm-hmm. So up next, we have the weekly weigh-in. <laughs> it, it never gets any better. It just it's like the 42nd we time we've many done it. It does times
2: we do that. <laughs> we will screw it up every single week. But, uh, you know, honestly, I think that's part of our charm. Yeah, really yeah, do.
1: our, scr- our screw-ups. <laughs> so, chores. so, Lonnie, how'd you do this week? I didn't do nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did a lot of work for my part-time job, but I had a sick mm-hmm. kid, and then I guess so we went away that last weekend to Nora's, mm-hmm. and then you know came back from that, and I had to deal with the sick kid and all this stuff, and I just you know I didn't do any writing this week.
1: <laughs> but but your part. But your part time job is writing too, so Well yeah, it's writing. It's, yeah, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's a writing. different kind of writing. So yeah. I did lots of yeah. that.
2: <laughs> I just didn't do anything, you know, creatively. <laughs> How about you?
1: Well, I went to Nora signing with right. you, mm-hmm. which was a blast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I am working on my new website. Mm-hmm which is taking forever because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm doing it in front page i know it takes a yeah. while yeah mm-hmm. mm. and then today i actually did some world building Yay! which is good yeah oh, for good four for books so it's yeah. you know i found all the character mm-hmm. names and did all that and and trying to figure out you know where the stories are each of the stories of is going and you did last
2: week too because we were talking yeah. about it on the way down to mm so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So oh. today was more of the detail stuff, mm-hmm. the character good. names, because you know character names. I don't know about you, but they just take me a while to they to do. get the right well, name. I see, I
2: always start writing with the wrong name because <laughs> yeah. I have no patience. So I just pick a name and I start <laughs> writing with it, and then I'm halfway through and I'm like, ah, it's not the right name, and I have to go back and change it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that changes yeah. the character. Yeah, it, it does. It really does. It fully changes the character. Yes. The, the names are very important. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's good to get that yeah. out.
1: Well, I always do that first. Yes. So that was like one of the first things I do. You're so
2: worked. <laughs> I'm so useless. I just like picking. It. I'm like, Tommy, whatever. You know? <laughs> then I go back through and I'm like, no, his name is Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, now it's time for this week's Random Etcetera, where we do whatever we feel like because it's our show. Yep. <laughs> I just love that line. It makes it sound so cranky. It does. <laughs> this week, because we are cranky, we are bringing back shout outs and shout offs. <laughs> Most yes. of us are shout offs.
1: <laughs> yes. We decided to do this on our Maryland trip. <laughs> through the freaking unplowed mountain roads of Pennsylvania. Oh okay, a trip, I might add, that should take five hours and took 7.5. <laughs> so my first shout-off is to the DPW mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania. Right. We drove through sleet, snow, freezing rains, unplowed roads oh, with God. cars all over the place, flipped over and everything and never once saw a snowplow. Seriously.
2: Until yeah, after we once. left the area where the roads roads once the roads yes. were fine there were plows everywhere.
1: Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> Even on the turnpike right. that we paid to go on. Exactly. Not plowed. So Pennsylvania, I want my fifty cents back. <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well I'm gonna horrible. give a sh- I'm gonna give a shout out. I'm mm-hmm. gonna be positive. Because okay. You just invented all my spleen, so I don't need to. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Nora Roberts <laughs> for hosting a great event, and for being such a strong, amazing woman in the face of tragedy. I love her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I know. she's successful, she's smart, she's, you know, generous. so cool and, and gracious. Yeah. Like, she's just everything. Like, you want to mm-hmm. hate her because she's beautiful and she's so successful. Yeah, you know, but she's but just she, unbelievably cool and gracious. She I just is. love her. Mm-hmm. Um, also, shout out to Lisa Scatellini, Susan Fraser King, and Elaine Fox, who were lovely people to do a book signing with. And Lisa mm-hmm. Scatellini is my new best friend. <laughs> just we sat next to each other. And I just sat down. I was between her and Susan Fraser King. Now, Susan Fraser King is very, you know, she's very kind of laid back and, mm-hmm. you know, very genteel. And then I turn around and there's Lisa Scatolini. And the first thing she does, as as people start coming in, she starts wailing tasty cakes at her. I mean, she's hitting people in the line with tasty cakes. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, I love you. <laughs> and I did. I fell completely in love with her. She's, she's, I'm completely hers now. Mm-hmm. I belong to Lisa Scatellini. My heart Good. belongs to Lisa Scatellini. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she
2: just killed me.
1: Well, I have a shout out to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, to the wonderful and fabulous Jill. Jill! Jill, who Yay! I got to hang out with at Nora's Ugh. and who brought us wine from Missouri. Oh, yes. And since Lonnie left hers in my trunk.
2: I know. I'm so <laughs> stupid. I can't believe I did that. I was so excited about that wine. I was going to drink it. We're going to drink it together this week. I she know. brought us each the same bottle of wine. Jill is but the coolest.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. But we'll get together for lunch, and then you'll—I'll give you your wine, and then we can do it to do the wine, I know. the same wine on the same night, or whatever. I know it'll so. be
2: fun. Yeah. The Missouri yeah. wine, the Jill wine. I know. Jill 20
1: hours she drove.
2: I know. She's amazing. And she amazing. was wearing a Will Wright for Wine t shirt. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I was going to put that her. in there. I forgot. And forget. she was wearing the um, hat and the scarf that I knit for her. And oh. It was just so, oh, it was so great. I just love Jill. She makes me I so know. happy inside. Every time I see her, I just get happy. Mm-hmm.
1: And <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people commented on her shirt. I know. They're like, oh, my God, where'd you get that shirt? It's I so cool. Know. Well, yeah, hopefully so some of them are listening saying. this week,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. We're just
1: saying. <laughs> get a shirt. I didn't All Get right. a shirt. Mm-hmm. The
2: shirt is very cool
1: looking. <laughs> it is. Um,
2: I'd also like to send a shout out to my good friends Christine and John Civello, who loaned us their TomTom Tom GPS <gasps> system, which so rocked the house and completely fun. saved us on the trip. <laughs> Down, while we were white knuckling it, John, please, was like, and "Now you will turn right," you know. Um, <laughs> okay. Helped us find restaurants when we needed them, and the
1: best part.
2: Was oh when God. we switched to the cursing Ozzy Osbourne.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> was so we kept cracking up. We're driving and we would start laughing. I oh. know. Oh, my God. He Especially was, he, when we made our destination. When you made your
2: destination, <laughs> yes. We won't repeat it because it's inappropriate. No. But it's very funny what Ozzy says, when you meet your destination. Kirstie and Asborn. <laughs> so it was amazing. Yeah. We had such a great time. And it was really, mm-hmm. it was nice. It was a very, uh, the TomTom GPS system. I should have put that in my recommendations. Oh. It
1: rocks. I know. I'll it does. i recommend it next week. Okay. I definitely want <laughs> We'll find want the one. website and put it in recommendations <laughs> next week. All right. And I have one final shout-off. All <laughs> To Hagerstown, <laughs> get some restaurants, people. We drove for literally an hour, all mm-hmm. around, up and down the road, trying to find places that mm-hmm. a were open and not uh-huh. under construction, like our hotel Seriously, restaurant. Seriously,
2: which they didn't yeah. tell us about.
1: Yeah, the hotel didn't tell had us no breakfast. Even, t- had nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. It was horrible. Nothing.
2: That was the worst hotel ever. I'm not going to mention
1: ever. it. Ever. No, I'm we won't. Get sued,
2: But they were the worst but, hotel oh, ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> B the restaurant didn't have fifty people waiting to get in Seriously? and like a forty five minute wait. Mm-hmm. And C wasn't condemned by the health department.
2: Although we actually did go to one that should oh, have been condemned by been. the health
1: department. That's what I'm saying. It's was very scary. So Panera's uh, saved us. Right, right. Because we were there a lot. We were the <laughs> place we could trust. No. <laughs> so, it, was kind of crazy okay. weekend. it was. It <laughs> the was next
2: time I'm staying at Nora's hotel.
1: It'll be open the next time. And I'm wearing my fire pajamas I just know. in case. Oh, no. I know. And everybody was like, oh, gosh. You know, Sam was psychic with the fire Sam jammies. Sam's psychic.
2: I know. And they were very, very cute jammies. Meanwhile, Thank I was you. there in, like, my flannel lounge pants and my sweatshirt. I was like, I don't care. If there's a fire, I don't care.
1: In that hotel, it wouldn't have mattered. I... Okay.
2: Couldn't possibly so are we make done? it any worse. <laughs> I know. Alright, okay. well I think we it's done? time for a refill Yeah. Right. I don't know about you, but I think after that I need a refill We're going to go too. take a quick break <laughs> And we'll be right back
0: <laughs> Well the show's almost over And I'm sure you're really sad about that But now you don't have to wait another week To hear from Sam and Lonnie Because we've got websites open 24-7 And ready when you are morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com, where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by DogsAndGoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Kruse and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to samanthagraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Berry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. And don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint MySpace page, our cafe press store, and all the cool things we talk about during the show. By the time you're done with all that, we'll be back in a new podcast next week. Everybody plays and everybody wins.
1: Well, it's time for Last Call here on Will Write for Wine. Thanks for hanging out with us.
2: Keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or post them in the forums. Send Mm -hmm. good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. Send cheap wine suggestions to me.
1: Lonnie. <laughs> also don't miss our cafe press store where you can find very cool Will Ride for Wine merchandise. And we'd like to thank everyone who's ordered stuff already. Yes. And for those of you who haven't, the link can be found on the right hand column at the website. It's
2: never too late to order. I know. <laughs> this is why we give you guys cool uh, stuff, because you guys keep ordering, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and if you're buying wine anyway, don't forget to try the link on our website to mywineestruct.com. Those bottles are fabulous. I have not had a bad bottle oh, from these people n- yet. I'm yep, telling not you. Not one. And, you know, having the UPS man come to your door mm-hmm. with wine, mm-hmm. it's just really, there's nothing better. It's there the best isn't. gift you can give yourself or someone else. Yes. <laughs>
1: We can both vouch for that. <laughs> right. And if you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley or review us on iTunes. And remember, March 1st is Saturday, tomorrow, so right. vote. Right,
2: so go vote, and let's see if we can get in the top Definitely ten again, and then we'll get it. Sam to do some kind of stunt this time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think it was stout. I think I have to drink, right. a, stout drink a stout or something. Go vote now!
2: No. All right. We're gearing up for our one-year anniversary, which will be two weeks. Of the show two weeks from tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, Whiffers, help us celebrate by sending us an MP3 recording of you saying, This is Whiffer, you know, with your Whiffer name, and you're listening to Will Wright for Wine or which is also very excellent and exciting, an MP3 recording of you saying your name and asking a question that we can answer. Cause wouldn't it be so mm-hmm. cool to hear your own voice asking the questions rather than us reading it. I think that'd be yep. cool. It can be anything really, as long as it's not dirty. You know how we blush. <laughs> <laughs> Email it to feedback at And we'll play it on our one year anniversary show. And don't be shy. Also there's the whole, um, on the one year anniversary show, there's a whole thread about how to record your voice in MP3. People are doing it in GarageBand on Mac and, how you can get audacity um for the pc and all you need is a you know a little microphone to, to mm-hmm. record your voice and you can do that there's also a way to do it through google talk that i'm trying to figure out a way to make that easy but this doesn't seem to be working for people i thought it would be really easy but apparently it's not
1: it's never easy it's a computer thing <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> so next week's show is on voice Ooh, yeah. What the hell is it? <laughs> Which promises to be one of those episodes where we bail out and say, it depends. Right.
2: <laughs> we do nothing we'll better try. than not answer questions. I know. <laughs> All right. So until
1: next time, this is Lonnie. And this is Sam saying, if you can't write for money, then write for wine. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: will Ride for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash wine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.com podshow.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes remember there's good karma out there vote for them at Podcast Alley come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin first. Mmm, ring any bells? Or, you know, the the soulmate, whoever does it for you. You get the point. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on will Write for Wine.